بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا سیونتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی So one of the common failings one notices the world over with regards to this glorious deed is that sadly gaps are found between the muqtadis. So when I say gap, I mean that the shoulders are not touching. So what do we need to know about this? So first of all, our beloved Messenger he warned against gaps. When he said, beware of the gap, beware of the gap, i.e. in Salah. This is in Tabarani in his Kabir and Shaykh Al-Bani authenticates it in As-Sahihah number 1757. So now think about that. We have these signs up to warn others. For instance, if you want to protect your property, you... In the good old days, they write, beware of the dog. So the sign is a warning, meaning, don't even think about doing this. Our beloved messenger said the same words, but for something in Salah. He said, beware of the gap. So what should we beware of? Meaning there's a great danger in this. The Holy Prophet also said, to clarify, close the gaps. For indeed, shaitan comes between you through them, just as the small lambdas. Close the gaps. For indeed, shaitan comes between you through them, just as the small lambdas. This is in Ahmad and Tabarani, and Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah states Sahih, in Sahih ut targhib number 491. So again, notice how the Prophet is describing this, he mentioned the lamb. So what do you notice about lamb? A small lamb, it can go through very small holes. You know, it's like a cat. You actually see it. There's a small hole in the fence. You're thinking, there's no way a lamb's going to get through that. It squeezes through. So the Prophet wasallam said, Shaitan is just like that with the gap. So you may think it's only a small gap. But the Prophet was warning you. He goes, don't underestimate the Shaitan. It gives him an access to you. Then the opposite, closing the gap. Our beloved messenger said, whoever closes a gap, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises him in rank and builds a house for him in paradise. <laughs> whoever closes a gap, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises him in rank and builds a house for him in paradise. This is in Ibn Majah Tabarani in his Ausat. Some narrations do not contain the part of the house in paradise. However, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi graded it sahih in sahih al-targib number 505. So look at the immense virtue. So closing a gap doesn't mean make things awkward for the muqtadis. Because when they shoulder to shoulder, there isn't a gap. But some people, they still barge in. So it doesn't mean that. It means there's a gap. The shoulder is enough for the person to enter. If you close that gap, Allah Ta'ala raises you and you get a dwelling in paradise. Now think about that. 
If somebody gives you the keys to a very posh uh, mansion, he goes, there you go. I'm that grateful. What did you do to get a, a key to a mansion? And that's in the dunya, but in paradise, why did you get this palace? Because you closed the gap. One should also stand with the utmost humility in the presence of one's Lord, with one's shoulders totally relaxed. In Abu Dawood, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah states, Hassan in Sahih al-Jami number 3264, our beloved messenger said, the best of you is the one with the la'een shoulder in salah. The best of you is the one with the la'een shoulder in salah. So he used the word la'een. Now what does that mean? The word in the hadith, La'een, Hafiz ibn al-Atir, he explained in An-Nihaya. La'een means tranquil, solemn, submissive, meaning you're at ease. Now look at what the Prophet said, he didn't say it's a good deed. He goes, the best of you, it elevates you to the best. The best of you is the one with the tranquil, solemn, submissive shoulder in salah. So what do you notice? Again, ignorance. Some people pray and they're like, it's like a military lineup and they stick in their shoulders. That is not la'im. La'im means that you're shoulder to shoulder, but you're completely at ease. And also notice troubles the person next to you if you're standing, you know, quite, quite stiff. Why is he shouldering me? So that is what the Prophet was saying is the best of you. You stand with submissiveness, the soft shoulder. Those in congregation. You stand shoulder to shoulder in a straight line as far as possible, assuming a humble posture with the shoulders and joints relaxed. So now what does it mean straighten the line? So you get some people and they straighten the line using the tips of their toes. So that's fine. The problem with it is you're going to trouble the person in the second half because some people have got big feet. So when you straighten the line, it's from the ankles, the heels. So if there's going to be any divergence in the in the feet, it's going to be in the front, not at the back. And this causes trouble. You notice when a person starts straightening with his toes, the person in back, sometimes you notice he has to wait for you to go down because your, your heels are pulling back. But if your heels are all in a line, that is the best way. So when you say straighten, it means your heels should be together. Mm -hmm. Some people also stress that your feet should be touching each other. Mm -hmm. Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu he said, I saw that one of us would connect his shoulder to the shoulder of his brother, his heel to his heel. And if one were to do this today, one of you would flee as if he was an untamable donkey. Mm -hmm. This is in Abu Ya'la in his Musnad, Sa'id ibn Mansur in his Sunan, Al-Ismaili Al-Mulkhis in Al-Fawaid, Fatta al-Bari. Shaykh al-Bari rahmatullahi states, it is Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim in his As-Sahihah number 31. So this is a very interesting report. The blessed servant of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Anas radiyallahu said, that shoulder to shoulder, heel to heel. Because if one of you were to do this today, now think about that, they've lost it. If one of you were to do this today, because you would flee, meaning you'll be so troubled by it. Why have you put your foot next to mine? 
And Hazrat that certainly occurred now. A person gets troubled by it. Why did you put your foot next to mine? And similarly, Nu'man ibn Bashir in Bukhari, he said, I saw a man clinging his shoulder to his companion shoulder, his foot to his foot, his ankle to his ankle. So now what's interesting, this shows that the feet, it shouldn't be literal. Why? Because ankle to ankle, how are you going to join your ankle to your brother? Your foot's going to literally twist. So it means that the feet are something you should use to further straighten the stuff. But what really is stressed is your shoulders. Have you understood? So if your shoulder is touching, there's no gap now. Some people think that if there's a gap between the feet, I can move in. But why are you moving in? Because the shoulders are touching. Have you understood? But the most you can say to the brother is, if you put your feet with your brother's foot, there's no problem with that. However, how can you do that literally with your ankles? And one report says your knees. So obviously, is that possible to put your foot, your ankles and your knees with your brother? You're going to dis dislocate your, your knee. So what is the Prophet stressing? He's stressing the straightness of the self. But the shoulder is what, what is stressed. Thus, if one wishes to join his feet to yours, do not frown. For to look down upon the sunnah is unbelief. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from all filth and abomination. But what's interesting, those of those, you know, something strange you'll notice. They will start with their feet together and then during the salat, the feet starts moving apart. So either you follow the sunnah or you don't. So you'll notice the feet together at the beginning. They're very strict about it. Some brothers, no problem. As soon as you get to the second rakat, what happens? Well, did the hadith say only start your prayer with foot to foot? So if you're going to follow the sunnah, be persistent with it. And then you got another problem. The brother next to you might not want to do it. So are you going to start doing splits? You notice, you see some people, it's like they end up being like a cowboy in Salat. Right? And then you think, brother, look, now you don't look like you're praying. Because no, brother, I'm going to put my feet next to his, even if he hates it. And the response is, now you're not offering Salat properly. You're supposed to be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note again, the shoulder, stress that. The foot, no problem if you don't want to do it. With regards to the Salat, how immense a deed is it? Now, what's interesting, the Prophet وسلم, he would actually say before he started the prayer, Straighten your rows for straightening the rows is part of establishing Salat. So why is that important to highlight? Some people think Salat starts after Takbir. Incorrect. The Prophet said straightening the rows is Aqamatis Salat, establishing the Salat. Meaning if you don't straighten your row, you're not establishing Salat. It starts before the Takbir. Then he said in another report, Straighten your rows, otherwise your hearts would differ. So now what is interesting about these hadiths, the first ones in Bukhari, the second ones in Abu Dawud, both authentic. What did the Prophet say? If you don't straighten your row, your heart would differ. Now what's interesting, there's a physical aspect to that and there's a spiritual aspect to it. What's the physical? If you are shoulder to shoulder with your brother, your heart will start beating in unison. This is a fact. 
So look how amazing that is. If you get a proper saf, all of your hearts are beating as one. Similarly with women. If you put women together, their menstrual cycle starts lining up as well. So physically, the Prophet was, how did he know that? 1,400 years ago. Well, spiritually, your hearts will differ. Meaning, you'll have you know differences amongst you. It affects your unity. So notice the salat, it doesn't, it's not just salat, it's affecting the ummah. If you don't establish the salat, you will end up with having differences, and you see it. Every other masjid, there's differences. What's one of the reasons for that? It's not you're not offering salat properly, you're not establishing the prayer. And notice gaps who enters. Shaitan. Astaghfirullah. With regards to how great the deed is, the glorious deed of salah. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad Ibn Hiban, Shaykh al-Bani Rahmatullah states, Hassan in Sahih al-Targheeb, volume 1, page 150. A man asked, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what is the best of deeds? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Salah. The man asked a second time, what is the next best deed, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? The Prophet said, Salah. The man asked, Ya Rasulullah, what is the next best deed? He said, Salah. Then he asked the fourth time, what is the next best deed? The Prophet said, Jihad. Now think about this. This is an authentic hadith. You know, a strong report. How virtuous is the deed of Jihad? If you go to the Baal field for the pleasure of Allah for a very short period of time, paradise is wajib. The Prophet said that. And the virtues go on and on about jihad. Multiply, everything starts getting multiplied million times if you're on the Baal field. Somebody goes to you. But what is jihad compared to Salat? If you were to put it into the Olympic ceremony, jihad's not even on the podium. Imagine somebody goes, who's won the gold medal? Salat. Who's got the silver medal? Salat. Who's got the bronze medal? Salat. Where's jihad? You got consolation prize. So what was the Prophet telling you? He's telling you, you don't underestimate this deed. This deed is so precious to Allah. And now think about it. Jihad is much more difficult. So if you use logic, somebody goes, I don't accept that. Well, there's your logic. Logically, you've got a point. Somebody goes, I'm going onto the battlefield. I might get shot through the head any moment. I'm thinking my life is on the line and you're telling me comfortable salat in the masjid with radiators and is more reward. Yeah. Now, why is that fascinating? Because there's a lot of rampos in the ummah. Now, what do I mean by that? You know, rampos, you know, they go, I will do this and I will. Do you play fajr, brother? Later, then he goes, what are you asking me about fajr for? And you know that response shows they didn't, you haven't even prayed fajr. So if you haven't even defeated, you know, the, your nafs, how are you going to saw out the kuffar? <laughs> so even logically, and what's fascinating, the Prophet said the Barani, he said the best jihad is to establish the salat. Imagine, you've never been on the battlefield, you drop dead. Somebody goes to you, he stole on the greatest jihad. What jihad did he do, brother? He prayed. Another person, Rambo. Salah's all over the place. He's on battlefield every other day. You think, well, I don't even know if he's if anything's been accepted. Because Salah's the first thing Allah Ta'ala looks at. Right? So again, notice. And also, the scholars add Fajr, the blanket. All you got to do is take the blanket off. How difficult is that? You can't even take the blanket off. And you want to take on the unbelievers on the battlefield. 
تو بان اللہ The Prophet said in Tirmadhi Ahmad Sahih, the head of the matter is Islam. Its pillar is Salat and its apex is Jihad. So let's look at this. The whole of Islam, the supporting pillar is Salat. So let's put it into a tent formation. There's a supporting pillar of the tent that's in the middle. You notice that if you go camping. If you don't get that supporting pillar, you've wasted your trip. He goes, no, no, I've got, the, I've got the outside tent pegs. It doesn't matter. You need the supporting to put the tent up. There's no tent without the supporting pillar. That is Salat, the Prophet said. You can go blue in the face. There's no Islam. But then he said, the peak of Islam is Jihad. So now look how beautiful that is. There is no Islam without Salat. After mentioning that, he then mentioned jihad. Because it's the peak. <laughs> Meaning, salat has to be in order first. Now look at the seerat of the Prophet When was jihad taking place? Five years after salat. Salat became further than the tenth year in Makkah. Even before hijrah, imagine. Look at the hardships they were going through. Just come out of the boycott, salat become further. Jihad only took place when they were safe, they got their own Khilafat, everything's established. Now we can sort it. So logically, why wasn't Jihad in Makkah? Because Salat has to be in place first before you start discussing you know, further matters. This is why the Prophet said in Tabarani in his Ausat, Imam Sayyuti and Shaykh Al-Bani Rahimahumullah both stated Hassan. The Prophet said, the prayer is the best matter. Whoever can increase, he should do so. Well, beautiful. Two things the Prophet said. Because the best thing you can do is Salat. Then he said, if you increase, it's better for you. Look at the, you know, he didn't, it's like, why didn't you give details, Ya Rasulullah? You don't need to give details. He told you what it is. It's the best deed. Then he goes, it's up to you. I've told you it's the best deed. Like we say now, knock yourself out. And then do we knock ourselves out? No, 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 I'll focus on this and I'll focus. What about Salat, brother? The best deed. The Prophet goes, do that. He didn't mention anything else. And similarly, the Prophet famously said, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, and Shaykh al-Bani authenticates it, in Sahih al-Jamid number 3124, in this world, women and good sense have been made dear to me. But the dearest of all to me is Salah. <laughs> In this world, women and good sense have been made dear to me. But the dearest of all to me is Salah. So now this is, you've got to really think about this. How much is a man attracted to a woman? You know, if you, like, you know, why, why are we so fascinated by hoodies? It's our nature. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala has talked about hoodies too much in the Quran and Sunnah. Why? Because he knows that's your desire. Somebody goes, I desire Salat more. Now, can you say that with a hand on the heart? Right? Somebody goes, well, I can't say that. I'll say it, but I don't mean it, brother. Rasulullah meant it. How can Salat be more beloved to him than women? Think about that. Because he knows the value of Salat. What did I mention yesterday? Aisha radiallahu said he was with us but as soon as the azan took place we didn't recognize him he was, on, so he was somewhere else good sense why did the prophet love good sense 
Because the Prophet said, it reminds you of paradise. Now that's a secret. What did Rasulullah love more than paradise? Salah. Somebody go, I'm gonna have many. He loves Salat more than Hudis. Yes. Forget about Hudis, brother. He loves Salat more than paradise. So when he went into the opening takbir, what state was he in? It's like literally you've entered Firdos. Compare that to us. Somebody goes, I've got to pray. It's for it. <laughs> you know, like that bad worker. If I don't wear bustles for me, I'll get fired. <laughs> What's interesting, one of the scholars said, look at these words they mentioned, fired. Where did that word, where did that word come from? Fired. <laughs> he goes, fire, fired. <laughs> yeah. Why are you saying, why didn't you say you got the sack? Where did the word fire come from? Because <laughs> you're not doing a job properly. So what happens? The bus fires you. Very interesting. <laughs> then the same scholar said, Denial is where did that word come from? Because denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> in continuation, how sad it is to see many Muslims only performing their fard, leaving the stress sunnahs. So now keep this in mind. In Tirmidhi, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah states Sahih in Sahih al-Jabi number 6362. She relates that the Prophet said, Whoever prays 12 rakats every day and night, he will have a palace built for him in paradise. Four rakats before Zuhr, two after, two rakats after Maghrib, two rakats after Isha, and two rakats before Fajr. So let's look at this. So is it a Sahih Hadith? Yes. Tirmadi Sahih Hadith. What are these 12 rakats? Sunnah Mawakidah. Four rakats Sunnah before Zuhr, two rakats after. Now think about that. The Prophet said that. You can't argue over that. One of them goes, yeah, but I'm, I do two rakats before Zod. Do you want brother? The Prophet said four rakats. So the Allah said, and he goes, oh yeah. He goes, what if I do my tayyid al-masjid? Then you don't fall in here. What are you arguing for? Two rakats tayyid, two rakats sunnat. Four before Zod, two afterwards. We do that anyway. Two rakats after Maghrib. We do that anyway. Two rakats after Isha. Do that anyway. Two rakats before Fajr. What's the condition? Every day and night. You don't say, well, I feel strong today. You got to do it every day. Like just treat it as if you got to do it. And what did the Prophet have some promise? You will have a palace built for you in paradise. Now, why is that important to highlight? Because it means you're going to paradise. The sunnah mu'akbid that takes you to paradise. That's what the Prophet was saying. The Holy Prophet clarified this matter further when he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Whoever perseveres in doing 12 rakats, paradise is his right. Whoever perseveres in doing 12 rakats, paradise is his right. This is in Nasa'i Tirmadi Hassan Sahih. Shaykh al-Bani Rahmatullah states Sahih. Question. If that's the reward for Sunnah Mu'akkida, what's the reward for Farad? People ask just stupid questions. Imagine somebody goes, brother, you know, mashallah, what's the reward for Fajr? Which part of Fajr, brother? He goes, the Farad. Computer blown up. What do you mean, computer blow up? He goes, well, I, I don't know about the Farad, but I can tell you about the Sunnah. And then you have to explain. The guy doesn't know what you're talking about. He goes, you know, 12 rakats. He goes, 12 rakats, brother. Is that uh, Salat al-Duha? Let me finish, any brother? <laughs> right? And you start explaining. He goes, look, 2 rakats, Sunnah, Fajr. He goes, oh, the, the Mu'akkidah. Yeah. What's the reward for Mu'akkidah? Anybody told you? People know it's Mu'akkidah. They don't even tell you the virtue. Just make sure you do it, brother. But why? Feeling we're tired today. I don't feel like doing it. You hear the report, you go, paradise is my right. 
I can actually say, Ya Allah, it's my right. And you are the best in fulfilling rights. There you go. Here's the key to paradise. You guarded your sunnah mu'akkidah. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> These sunnah prayers are mu'akkidah stressed. Why do you think the Prophet never left them? You know, I always thought that. There's certain prayers he never left. But others he did on off. Like Asr before Isha. Wherever he did not leave, there's a reason for it. Are we more busy than Rasulullah? No chance. And he never missed these prayers. Imagine, what are you busy with, brother? Over oh, there, I had to, you know, I'm busy in it. Doing what? I had to get shopping. Right? Then he goes shopping. You left Jannah for shopping. Imagine it. I don't know why it's waiting outside. Let her wait. Right? What about the nafu? Now, this is interesting. Somebody goes, is there a reward for the nafu? Sayyid Bukhari. Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, Hadith Qudsi, My servant keeps drawing near to me with nafil until I love him. <laughs> That's what you need to know. <laughs> My servant keeps drawing near to me with nafil until I love him. <laughs> so now there's a secret here. Farad, you gotta do. Sunnah Mu'akkidah, you must be an idiot if you're not doing that. That's ticket to paradise. Somebody goes, that's it, brother. Then you say, let me just throw this in, into the equation. Don't you want Allah, Allah to have great love for you? He goes, yes, brother. Do nafil as well. And he goes, where does it say that? Allah, Allah has told you that. I become beloved. He goes, you become beloved to me. Which awliya can become an awliya without nafil? Show me. You, are, you mention any awliya to me. 100% is doing nafil press. So let me give you an example. Abdullah ibn Umar whenever he missed a congregational prayer he would pray nafal until the next prayer <laughs> and I thought to myself I can't even do that once in my life you know somebody goes look brother he used to do that all the time you know he's next level he's sab have you done it once he goes well which is the shortest prayer if I miss asr I think yeah then I've got an hour. But then it's mockery in it, brother. He's like pulling fikr, right? Then he goes, okay, then do it after zone. After zone, brother, I can't do nafal for two hours. So why was he doing all these nafal prayers? He was grieving. He goes, maybe this will make up for that deficiency. I've missed the congregation of prayer. Look at the grief. So look at their love for salat. And just to add this to finish, there's kafara and there's daraja. These are words. Kafara means those things that take out. Daraja means stepping up. In Tirmidhi, Shaykh Al-Bani authenticates it in Sahih Ut-Targheem number 187. Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a messenger came to me from my Lord tonight and he said to me, O Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, do you know what the attendants on high are disputing about? Do you know what they're arguing over? I said, yes. The kafara and daraja. Because the angels are discussing amongst themselves what takes away sins, what raises ranks. Then he explains, what leads to both of them taking steps to join the congregational prayer. That's number one. Completing wudu under hardship. And it's cold, like it is now. And number three, waiting for the next salat after the salat. If one does them on a regular basis, 
he will be living in a good state he will die in a good state with respect to his sins he will be the same as the day his mother gave birth to him subhanallah so let's look at this so this is a sahih hadith so now what's interesting the angels were discussing something and an angel asked the prophet sallallahu alaihi do you know what they're discussing and he goes yes how did you know that because the prophet sallallahu alaihi said allah taala placed his hand in between my chest and everything between the east and the west because i knew and then he told this angel yes i know what they're discussing they're talking about taking sins and raising ranks and look at these three deeds think about it they do both you're walking to the masjid imagine you wouldn't even think is it bad sometimes you know it's just come out else and in that morning yeah you're going to pray but then I'm going to pay bills off you didn't even bad how great is that deed that you're walking to the congregation of prayer One hadith mentions in the Barani authentic the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that is one of the four deeds that protect you from the feet in the grave when you walk into the masjid the second completing wudu in hardship sometimes you notice the water takes a while to warm up and you wait you know is you let tap not with anything no I'm not going to waste water and you start using the cold water as hardship that is now having this impact upon you and the third is you pray one for the prayer and you wait for the next now really that's not the greatest virtue what the prophet was talking about what then did he say if you do this regularly you will live in a good state you will die allah taala promises you will die in a good state and then he says and with regards to your sins you will meet your lord like a child just being born sinless So now why have I mentioned this here at the end of the subject of salat how many of the three are related to salat all of them notice the prophet could have said fasting zikr recital of quran you know fulfilling the needs of your brothers all immense deeds the three are all linked to salat all three of them walking to the prayer doing wudu in hardship offering one for the waiting for the next as if all goodness lies in salat and that's why the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said my greatest joy is in salat in one beautiful report to finish in dalami in his mustad al firdaus the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the hungry person he goes he becomes satiated the thirsty person's thirst becomes slaked but my my what do you call it my appetite for salat can never be quenched <laughs> look how beautiful the prophet put it because you eat and how long before you that's it even if you put you know the best you can he can't eat he's finished drink stuff all of a sudden it's gone because but when it comes to salat the prophet goes i can't get enough look at the way he's describing salat why because this is the doorway you're knocking at the king's door <laughs> The Prophet said, "In uh, Abdullah ibn Masud said in Abu Nu'aym al-Hilya, 'Because when you're offering salat, you're knocking at the king's door, and the king always answers, 'Subhanahu wa taala.' And the other thing which you should, you should always reflect upon, Allah Taala could have made it so difficult for you to have access to. Has He made it difficult? Look how interesting that is. You know, if we don't even we don't even realize how merciful He is. Imagine He could have said, 'Before you stand in front of me, give sadaqah.'" Right, go and fulfill a need. Go and do one hour of marakiba. Go and serve your parents for ten, fifteen minutes. Then go and do ghusl. Then put on your finest clothes, which I will only accept. Then you can stand in my presence. 
His kindness is so much. He goes, just do wudu. Have nice clothes. Face the Qibla. You're with me. Allah Look how merciful he is because he knows that you're weak. He wants to have access. And subhanAllah, the great deal of salah that we need to reflect upon. Are there any questions you like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi zwarga lahumma bihamdika ashru la ilahi illa anta astaghfiruka atubu alayka wa zubillahi min ashitaan shiit subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati yamma isifun assalamu ala al-mursaleem walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillahi rahman rahim walasr in insan lafi khusr ladhina amunu wa amilu salihan rawasim al-haq rawasim al-sabr sadaqallahu al-asir